Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Well, hello, hello, hello. I'm Lana Reed, and welcome back to this week's edition of Don't Box Me In. My guest today is Bonnie Pond, and she says her mission is to inspire and motivate women around the world to conquer the fears and self-doubts holding them back and to help them find their purpose and live it, never uh, settling for a life that's too small for their dreams and talents. Through Bonnie's coaching program, she helps women ages 40-plus stop settling for less than what they really want in their lives, professionally or personally. Her own journey has taught her that with the right tools, support, and accountability in place, there's no reason to settle for procrastination, excuses, and unfulfilled dreams. Her goal is to inspire and motivate women around the world to grow beyond their limitations and never settle for less. Bonnie is exactly what it's about here at Don't Box Me In, and I'm glad to have her on the show with me today. Bonnie, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. So glad to have you. I really, really like your message and what you're all about. So I'm looking forward to having a good time with you today. So where where am I talking to you from today? Well, I live in a little community called Fayetteville, Tennessee. Fayetteville. <laughs> Fayetteville, Tennessee. Here, yes. <laughs> Is that where you started at? Have you always been there? No, I'm a native Californian. We've been here nine years, but... Um, oh. Most of my life was spent in the Central Valley of California. California to Tennessee, that is an adjustment there. Oh, yes. <laughs> the first few months were, well, you know, we were kind of in culture shock, but we love it. We love it here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So tell me, Bonnie, it's a, I read that in your 40s you started a new career as a professional educator. Um, let me know, what were you doing before that? In- oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've done all sorts of things. Uh, before that, I was um, a secretary. And then I moved into uh, the social services field, and I worked with uh, low-income folks in the military when my husband was in the Army. And from there, I ended up uh, working at a, uh, a recovery home for alcoholic women and writing grants and that sort of thing and speaking uh, about, you know, raising awareness and, and also doing some uh, counseling with the folks there. And then from there, I went into working with victims of domestic violence, setting up a shelter and running the shelter for a while. Um, and kind of got burned out, really, <laughs> after yes. several years of uh, social service work and moved into managing a, a furniture and gift store for several years before I went back <laughs> to school. So I bounced around here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> You've been all over the place there. I have been all over the place. I've had many careers, you might say. Um, it was it was all about kind of finding, you know, what's my purpose? <laughs> yeah. And you've yeah. got to try these things out. And, and, you know, the truth is, Lana, most of the things that I did, I really enjoyed parts of it. Um, okay. And sometimes enjoyed lots and lots of the parts, but it wasn't. It didn't really completely gel. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, when I started uh, teaching, you know, I did that for a long time and loved that. And basically, uh, I think that what it boils down to is is my mission is sort of involved with teaching others how to to live their purpose and and love their lives and make them count. Awesome, awesome. So back to, to this variety, this plethora of different jobs uh, that or careers that you took on before 40. Um, when when you did decide at 40 to become a professional educator, what, what exactly was going on? What made you make that shift at that moment? Well, you know, I had been playing with the idea for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it's just really tough to get out of your comfort zone. Yes. Yes. And I was really comfortable managing this business. You know, I knew what to do. I knew the reps. I knew my customers. I knew how to do everything involved with it. Mm-hmm. But there was just something kind of nagging at me in the back of my mind, like this just isn't enough. I, I need to be doing something different. I need to be doing something more. And um, honestly, the it may seem very silly, but the catalyst to actually picking up the phone and calling the college and making arrangements to to get enrolled was um, a meeting that got canceled early in the morning. 
Um, I, I went to the meeting. It was canceled. I was a little bit, well, no, a lot annoyed. <laughs> Let's be honest, I was really annoyed. <laughs> I went back to, to uh, the store and I sat down and I, I just thought, do I really want to be doing this kind of stuff the rest of my life? And I thought, nope, that's it. And mm-hmm. I picked up the phone. But it was because I was annoyed and because I'd been thinking about this for a while, but it was that, that one really annoying incident that made me pick up the phone. I think I eventually would have, but I might have put it off for another six months or another year. Oh, I'm not quite ready or need to save up a little more money. You know, we find all kinds of excuses. Yes, indeed. For not yes, doing do. things. Yes, you know, and you, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, you're kind of doing these things and you like parts of them, but, you know, just something was missing. And I, I always like to tell people it's this feeling you get like when you're you're tasting a dish that you've tasted before and it's just not as good. And you're like, there's something missing. Maybe it's the oregano. Maybe it's just, I can't really put my, but something is missing where this is not as it should be. And, you know, you kind of, some of us, unfortunately, walk through our entire lives missing that, that, that ingredient that makes it excellent and wonderful and amazing, you know. Um, and, and some of us, you know, hopefully more of us with, with talks like this will find that, that purpose and that path in life to make our life, you know, uh, the excellence that we should all be living in. Now, um, I want to I ask, because 40 is, is, is a very interesting time in most people's lives to be making a change that you did. Was there any kind of like, you know, naysayers or people in Bonnie's life like, you know, lady, what do you think you're, what do you think you're doing exactly? <laughs> Maybe we should just narrow it down. <laughs> um, actually, my husband was very supportive, but most of my friends thought, you're giving up this, this good job to do, to do, say that, you're doing what? <laughs> Have you lost your mind? Yes. And um, so, yeah, it, it was um, it was really a, a big sort of leap of faith for me because I didn't have tons of people going, yeah, go for it. Uh, my yeah. husband said, yeah, go for it. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. And everybody else kind of shook their head and thought, eh. She's going to flunk out in six months anyway, so what does it matter? You know? Yeah, so she'll be back to the furniture store. So you That's actually right. enrolled in college at 40, so you're sitting in class with the little young, perky 20-year-olds yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, fortunately, I had had some uh, some undergraduate work when I was okay. like 19, 18, okay. 19 years old, and um, and I had a little bit when I was in my early 20s. Um, but uh, there was a substantial gap <laughs> between <laughs> the time that I first enrolled in school. Let's let's say it was a 20-plus year from first enrolling to finally graduating. <laughs> but it was worth it. Okay, okay. So did you uh, experience any, you know, challenges, any moments of like, Bonnie, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, or was it smooth sailing the whole way through once you made that decision? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> you know, I think that um, whenever we make a, a major life change like that, for most of us, we don't experience smooth sailing all the way through. I think that there's that what I call the big fat bully in your brain that starts in like, who do you think you are? I mean, what what made you think you could do this? <laughs> and that yeah. you're, the not enough messages that we give ourselves, we really bully ourselves and scare ourselves. And then when you don't have this huge support system of people going, sure, go ahead, go for it, go for it, um, that that message. Um, become sort of a feedback loop in, in some ways. And so, yeah, there were lots of challenges, and there were plenty of times during especially the, the student teaching experience um, where I thought, oh, my goodness, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> you know what? Sometimes the worst experiences that you have as you're going through this uh, transition from one area of comfort um, that some, you know, I call that a comfort zone, but sometimes it's really a discomfort zone. Mm-hmm. You're just not uncomfortable enough to do anything about it. Yes, yes. So uh, that that transition was not all smooth sailing, but life isn't all smooth sailing. Yes, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of us, even though we know this, we really want that, but, 
you know that nothing worthwhile really is going to come to you without any effort. But for some strange, you know, paradigm in the human being existence, you know, we really don't want to put too much effort into things. We don't want to stress about things. You know, you kind of want somebody to hand something to you with the fork and the plate and, oh, this is oh, great, yeah. but <laughs> but it's it's never really, you know, like that. And, you know, I think these are things that you're going to, uh, that you do talk about in your book that we, we're going to get into later. But, you know, there there is amount of, you know, um, you have to, to name it, claim it, and put action plans behind it. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle with part of that process is, is actually putting the plan together, sticking to the plan, staying motivated about the plan. And, uh, yes. yeah, so I think that's well, – but, you know – go ahead, dear. The motivation part, I think, it's real – for me anyway, just from my own experience – it's really hard to self-motivate constantly. That's yes. why I think accountability is so important because if there's somebody else kind of kicking you in the behuda and saying, mm-hmm. hey, you know, <laughs> you mm-hmm. said you were going to do this and you were going to get it done by Friday, okay, what'd you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you didn't do it, where, where's the, where's the hang up and let's, let's work through this. Um, it, you know, I, I still go through times when I am extremely motivated. And I can get up in the morning and I can go, 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 and I've got a million things that I can knock out. And, oh, it's wonderful. And I'll bet you do, too. Yes. And then there are those days where you get up and you think, hmm, well, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Not today. Maybe we'll do this tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just not doing this today. But, geez, my brain's just not where it needs to be today. I think I'll just have another cup of coffee or something. So I think we all go through that. Uh, And I I really do believe that having um, a purpose and a goal is incredibly important. It's it's really the difference between what I call an extraordinary versus an ordinary life. Nobody really says in the morning, hey, you know what? I want to get up today and I want to be mediocre all day long. (laughs) And I want to be ordinary for the rest of my life. You know, nobody yes, says that to themselves. But because uh, the the purpose, the the people behind your support team, and having a good plan maybe aren't in place, it's easy to lose any kind of momentum, and it's easy to to lose yourself. I think, and just sort of get immersed in. Well, this is good enough. I probably couldn't do any better anyway. You know, that whole talking yourself out of trying uh, mode that we sometimes get into. Yeah, you know, and it's very important because, you know, sometimes people, um, you know, they'll come to somebody like Bonnie or Alana, you know, and, you know, they get this whole, you know, they'll see us speak somewhere and they, they walk away, they're energized and they're charged, but they go back to their their inner circle and their inner circle is kind of like, well, you know, we're kind of comfortable here, we're kind of fine here, this is okay for us, and if you don't leave from inspiration and go to a surrounding of inspiration, you go back to that kind of complacency that you were, um, you know, living, existing in before. So, you know, it, sometimes it just takes a whole disruption of your, your lifestyle when you decide that, look, I want, I want a better life for myself. I want a, a, a happy life for myself. And you have to really evaluate everything that you have around you because sometimes you know the the things that are keeping you in your situation is the the comfortable complacent friends co-workers family members that are you know constantly saying you know what Lana where you at now it's just fine why strive for more it's really cool where you're at you know why do you want the ice cream and the cherry the ice cream is just (laughs) enough you know yes And you know what you're saying about that, that disruption piece. Sometimes it, it's a, a good disruption, but yes. what I've found is a lot of times it's a really traumatic kind of thing mm-hmm. that causes you to, to stop and rethink and to, to say, you know, this direction, ah, uh, it's not quite right. And it might be, uh, you know, the, the loss of a spouse or a child or getting fired from your job or a uh, you know, financial crisis. For me, it was a health crisis where I, and that wasn't at 40. That was, uh, you know, when I was in the middle of coaching people and, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was diagnosed with two different kinds of cancer. And boy, I'll tell you what, that'll slap you right upside the head and say, you know what, <laughs> That's girl? a wake-up call there, right? <laughs> wake up! <laughs> Is this, you know, 
Buddy, I'm going to tell you, hold it right there real quick. I'm sure. looking at the time. We're going to talk about your uh, diagnosis. I think it was 2012 when we get back from uh, commercial. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Today I'm hanging out with Bonnie Pond. She is the author of the book, The Power of Three, How to Be Happy and Get What You Want in Life Without Doing Anything Illegal, Immoral, or Unethical. I really like that title. Um, before the break, you were talking to us, Bonnie, um, about a, a life-changing event there. And if I read right, it was 2012, and you got hit with the diagnosis of Double cancer, so you yeah, know it's already yeah, it's already was... rough. Somebody has to do one, but you get to like <laughs> double whammy, right? Yeah, it was sort of like winning the lottery in reverse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you, thank you. I really needed that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know when I first uh, the the first uh, first diagnosis was, was that I had a, a type of uh, thyroid cancer, which you know it, that's bad enough, but a lot of them take the thyroid out and. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but when I went to see the surgeon, he said, well, yeah, you know, one of the tumors, yep, that's that's definitely uh, thyroid cancer. But um, the other one, uh, that, that one looks a lot like lymphoma. And I thought, oh, my goodness. So, but you know what? That was a life moment that um, I, I said, you know, <laughs> if this turns out okay, <laughs> I'm going to start doing some of the things that I've been putting off. Okay. Because I think we all put off, you know, we say, oh, well, next year I'll go back to school or I'll write that book or I'll travel to Italy or whatever the mm-hmm. the someday lie we tell ourselves. <laughs> someday yes. I'm going to do that. And I, I said, you know what, if I survive this, I've been telling myself for many, many decades now, I'm going to do some writing. I'm going to write books. And, of course, I didn't. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I uh, said, okay, and, and that's how the power of three actually uh, was born because I said, you know, if I survive all of this, I'm not going to put things off anymore. Okay. And so um, since, since then, I've uh, written the power of three and just in the last couple of weeks um, released my second book, which is Unlock, Unlock Your Creativity, 30 Days to a More Creative You, and I have two more books in the works, so I'm excited about that because I'll have a couple more coming out in uh, late 2016 and early 2017. Awesome. So awesome. no more putting things off. That's right. And, you know, and I, I've, it's, it's inter- interesting that you said that your diagnosis came after you were already coaching people, but here it is, you have this life-changing moment, and even Bonnie says to herself, there are changes I need to make, and I, I really think that's an important uh, fact that people need to understand because sometimes they look at us, you know, people that are coaching and assisting people like, you know, we've got it all together, you know, and everything's Mm -hmm. perfect about, you know, our lives. And, you know, they need to understand like we still struggle with certain things too as well, you know, and we're still evolving and we're still growing. And, you know, and that's case in point with you saying, you know what, I've kind of been slacking on some things here. I'm going to go ahead and knock out this book. I'm going to get this out the way because, you know, I haven't been living to the best, my fullest potential now. That's absolutely right. And I'll tell you what, once you make that commitment to yourself to go ahead and do whatever it is that you've been putting off and you do it, it's the most freeing kind of experience. And it's also a huge boost to your confidence. Wow, you know, I did that. The thing I've been <laughs> telling myself I was going to do for a hundred years, I finally did it. Finally, <laughs> it, it, finally. Yeah, and it just makes you feel like, well, okay, there's there's more, you know, there's there's a little more gas in the tank, you might say, you know, I can do a little that's bit more. Right. And um, and that's uh, that's something that's kind of evolving still, as you mentioned. You know, we we do so even though we may be coaching or in the uh, the self help movement kind of field. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, we still have our challenges. We still have yes. our moments where we have to kind of reevaluate and say, am I on the right path? Have I taken a wrong turn somewhere? Can I make a U-turn? Or do I need to just keep going and get over this big hurdle? Because mm-hmm. sometimes when you hit a big hurdle or what I call a pothole in the road, mm-hmm. um, and you sort of fall into that big hole, it makes you question very mm-hmm. seriously whether you're on the right track or not. And I think we're all tested in that way. 
Um, and, and I think that when people say, oh, you know, this is my purpose and I'm going to go out and I'm going to live it and everything's going to be wonderful, I, I think that it is except that you have to be prepared for all of those tests yes. because that's that's I think people who are really intent on living their purpose have to understand that they're probably going to be tested more than those who just kind of hang out in their comfort zone. Yes, yes, it it, it is uh, it is a test of determination, faith, and I I am I'm going to walk this path. Uh, versus, you know what, I'm just going to get up every morning and go clock in at this 9 to 5, or, you know, I'm going to do, you know, what my, my dad did and my grandfather did or something like that. It's easy sometimes, it's, it's easy most of the times just to do the comfort zone thing than to step out there on, uh, as we say, faith and, you know, follow, follow what our heart is telling us that we should be doing, you know. And, and there are so many, like you said, so many potholes as you're walking this path and trying to get to this destination that makes you second guess. Did you make the right decision? You know, maybe this isn't for me. And, you know, um, you know, so it, it is really, truly a personal challenge, and I think that's where, uh, you know, I like to tell people, it's always best to get somebody, you, you need a cheerleading team. You need to make sure yes. you surround yourself with some backup to the backup when you don't have backup, you know. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> and I, I, I think, it's, I, see what, I, it's, it's kind of like my, my philosophy is that you need at least three people on, on, your, on your crew or on your team. You need that cheerleader for sure. And you need somebody that, that I call the bahoo kicker. That's your accountability person. And you need your truth teller. Because there's somebody always that can maybe have a little bit more objectiveness, a little more insight. You get so close to what you're doing that sometimes you can't see the bigger picture and mm-hmm. you get bogged down in all the little details or maybe you see the big picture and you can't figure out the next step and that's the the truth teller you know might and I and I have a real good friend that's my truth teller and she'll just say you know I'm going on and on and on about something and she'll go Bonnie Bonnie stop stop <laughs> listen to what you're saying uh-huh. and she'll she'll kind of kind of give me the the straight talk is what and and mm-hmm. I think we all need that because um I have a wonderful cheerleader but that particular person is always my cheerleader, and yes. and that's great. But you need somebody that's going to say, um, yeah, well, okay, that's good, but you can really do a lot more, and you said you were going to go this direction. What are you doing now? <laughs> you know, it, we tend to get all over the place and not uh, focus enough if we don't have at least three different kinds of people on our team, I think. Awesome, awesome, awesome tips, you know. I mean, because, you know, sometimes you just really want uh, that person, yes, you can do it, you know, yeah. you know. but it takes, uh, you know, in you building yourself and grooming yourself to go to the next level, it takes you saying to I need, not only do I need this person who's going to, you know, cheer for me, I need somebody to say, you know what, Lana, that's kind of crazy. Like, no, that's not going to, no, 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 no. Maybe you need to go left instead of right. Okay, let's, let's explore some other options. You know, who's not always going to be that yes person? Because a cheerleader tends to be the yes person. I believe in you no matter what, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it really takes, um, you know, the type of person who's growing and evolving to say, you know, I need, I really need that in my life. Somebody who's going to give me some checks and balances, you know, to, to, to assemble their team correctly. And, um, you know, it's, it's an awkward stage when you're, when you're growing and evolving because, you know, we used prior to this, we probably have this plethora of friends, you know, we have mm-hmm. this group of people that is so large and immense, but as we're, we're evolving, it starts to get a little smaller, a little tighter, a little, you know, and, and I think that's a process that makes some people uncomfortable because they're like, you know, a year ago I had like 50 friends or acquaintances and now, you know, I kind of only kind of deal with five and that's like an adjustment to a lot of people. It is. It absolutely It's It's one of those things too, don't you think, Lana, that um, when you have this large circle of friends, which is a wonderful thing, mm-hmm. or a large circle of acquaintances, but when you kind of go off on your own path, it makes most people feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yes. Because either they think you're nuts or because <laughs> they wish they had the courage to do it and they don't. And maybe they've given up their dreams a long time ago and misery loves company, that kind of thing. But what I find is, is it's almost like I have two sets of friends. Yes. My business related friends and my 
fun kind of friends that <laughs> we do. Not that my business friends aren't lots of fun, but it's like, you know, the, the other people are the ones we go to the parties with and we yeah. go out to dinner with and things like that. And I don't discuss business with them anymore because they don't get it. Yes, yes. Very true, very true. Um, you know, and I have found that, um, you know, I have long-time friends that, you know, I just really don't discuss where I'm going or, you know, the things that I have planned because I've realized that it points out, like you mentioned before, the things in their life that they're not doing, you know, the things that they've settled for, the complacent lifestyle. So, you know, just to, you know, for the, the, the safety net of the friendship, you know, and we just I, I've learned to coexist in not communicating certain things, so it makes the whole, you know, interaction so much more easy and emotionally pleasant for both parties involved. Because, you know, if if you're just going to stay where you're at, um, there's only so much you're gonna to want to talk to or interact with somebody who's saying, Wait a minute, I'm not staying here. I've got dreams, I've got plans, I've got goals, I'm gonna go out here and conquer this and um, you know, that person, you know, doesn't really always wanna have these wonderful conversations with that type of person. No. I think, I think it, it's almost as if, you know, on, on the one hand, they, they may feel very uncomfortable because they're not yes. doing some of the things that they had dreamed about doing. And on the other hand, I think there's a little bit of jealousy, too, yes. that, you know, you're, you're going ahead and you're doing it. You know, and here you are this age or you've, you've not finished college or you've not whatever, and you're still going for it. And I think that... Um, in order to keep the friendships, and, and friendships are important, and you don't have to be friends with the same kind of people, in fact. Yes. I think it's good to, to mix it up. But you need to know who you can talk to about your innermost goals and the things that are, are really um, what you're going to go after in your life. And there's only a small circle of people that you can really trust with that, I think. Very true, very true. Keep your circle small when you're, you're moving up. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Bonnie Pont right after this. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back. Me and I am hanging out with Bonnie Pond today. She's the author of the book, The Power of Three, How to Be Happy and Get What You Want in Life. Now, Bonnie, The Power of Three, there's a lot of importance in that for you. Am I correct? That that phrase, yes. The Power of Three? Yes. Um, basically, the way I broke it down is uh, purpose, people, and a plan. And that just came about because of my own life experiences. Um, it took me a, a long time to just finally, finally, finally nail my purpose down and say, what do I want the rest of my life to look like? Uh, and I think a lot of people are, are still struggling, whether they're in their 20s or their 40s or maybe they're in their 60s and they're still thinking, what am I going to be when I grow up? <laughs> <laughs> what can I do? And, and the other piece of that is that whether we do this by default or by design, we all leave some kind of a legacy behind. And so for me, the purpose piece is also about what do you want your legacy to be? Okay. Um, and, and that, uh, in, in my book, I go through, I, I give people several exercises, a sort of a, an introspective, uh, answer these questions and, and it kind of helps them narrow down what do you really want? What's important to you? Not what's important to your mom or your neighbor or your husband or your wife. What, what's really your core? Um, your value system and, and all of that. So the purpose piece, I think, is is the very first step to making your life count and, and to loving your life. And, and that's another piece of it. The people in our lives certainly do contribute to helping us live our purpose, but they also contribute to helping us love our lives if we pick out the right people to hang out with. Yes. Um, and, and the make it count piece is... How are you going to make it count? That's the planning piece. And I think that it gets back to something that you mentioned earlier about the action. You know, we can, we can think about it. We can, uh, meditate. We can collaborate with other people. We can decide we're going to do it and we can talk ourselves into it until we get out of the chair and do it. 
and take the action, um, nothing is going to change. And that's where the planning piece came in for me because I'm a great excuse maker. <laughs> and I am a wonderful, I'm probably a world champion procrastinator. My type of lady. My type of lady. <laughs> I, oh gosh, I have a hangnail today. No, sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh, I need to write another chapter for the book. No, I don't think so. Look what's on TV, um, right? Yeah, I can come up with all kinds of excuses. And so the planning piece that I had to, I had to work through what works for me. And, you know, I know that the, having a vision of three years, five years out in the vision boards, all those things are really wonderful. And I, I did that before, and I hung that board on my wall for a oh, good two years and didn't do much with it. Um, <laughs> it just was too overwhelming because I didn't break it down. And that's what I discovered for myself anyway, and that's what I, I talk about in the book, too, is to, I, I call it the sticky note method. Okay. And it's just a matter of, you know, once you know what your your bigger goals are, it's breaking it down and, and putting one little step on each sticky note. Um, and let's say that it's something like, uh, oh, I'll just take an example of a book. I need to write a chapter uh, in my book and I need to have it done by, you know, Thursday. And so instead of saying complete book by Friday, <laughs> which yeah, would be overwhelming, but not very realistic, you know, the, the sticky notes are, okay, here's my goal. One chapter Thursday. Well, what's it going to take? You know, I've, I've got to know what the chapter's about, the topics, and, and the sticky notes are just kind of the, the outline for me. And the wonderful thing for me about using them is when I finish one thing, I get to pull it off the wall and throw it away. <laughs> and it's gone. I can put a big X across it. You know, it's like, yes. So my Completion. Completion, yes. And the other thing that really works for me um, is to, you know, I, I also, not only am I a great excuse maker and procrastinator, but I used to make these enormous lists. And my husband would say, you know, Bonnie, it would take a platoon of Marines a month to do this, and you think you're going to do it by four this afternoon? <laughs> you know, just get get a grip. But I'm I would do, superwoman, right? Yeah, superwoman. Make all these lists. <laughs> and so what I finally decided would work for me, and I think it does work for other people too, is you take the three most important things that you want to get done that day. And they have to be real specific. It can't be like finish book or, uh. um, you know, uh, line up six speaking gigs or something like that. It has to be realistic. But the three most important things, and put those on a, a little card or a notepad or, or sticky notes, do those three and really zero in and focus on them. And, and then if you get those done, wonderful. Pick another one or two or three to work on. But um, having that enormous long list in front of me every day, was a very big demotivator for me. And I think that a lot of times when people decide on a new direction, they're really excited at first. And you probably have been through this yourself. You know, the excitement carries you for a while. And then there's, it just seems like there's so much that has to be done that it, it's, it slows you down and pretty soon you lose the momentum and it's kind of like moving through molasses because it's overwhelming. Yes. And so by by breaking it down into smaller pieces, um, that, that removes that overwhelm. And that's why I think the plan piece is so crucial to actually um, doing something because it, it has to go beyond just writing your plans out. You actually yes. have to make it work for you. And that's why I went to the three-a-day and the sticky note uh, business. And good that tip, does good tip. work. Good tip, because you know we we you know we can throw this massive idea out there into the universe, and you know we can just flounder around trying to accomplish accomplish it because you know, but we don't give ourselves any kind of guidance and direction. So I think breaking down the the bigger task into littler tasks, you know, makes it easier to accomplish, makes it easier to stay focused, makes it easier to stay enthused about it, and it makes you say. Um, 
it, it allows you to see, okay, I'm making one or two steps towards the goal. I might not have completed the goal, but I can actively see that I'm making steps towards the goal. It's like, um, you know, the bodybuilder goes into the gym, you know, okay, today, Monday is arm day, Tuesday is leg day. They break it down into these like little individual tasks for a total package, you know, and, um, you know, I think that's better when we come to, um, this concept of uh, achieving our goals or changing our lives or creating our happiness is it's it, it is a piece by piece project it's not going to happen all together at one time absolutely right and even though we want it to happen fast yeah, that's no. that's another piece of it. <laughs> I want it, and I want it all right now. <laughs> no not going to happen not going to happen have to have to lose that we, now we you know um, it. Don't want to cut you off because you mentioned something earlier. And I want to kind of talk about it because it kind of just resonates with me. Um, this thing about uh, what's your legacy. And I think there's a lot of people I've experienced in my, my 46 years walking in this life. There's a lot of people that wake up every day and, you know, they concern themselves with, you know, paying the rent or the mortgage, getting the kids off to school, you know, paying the car and putting the gas. Oh, they got to go to the grocery store. I think there's a lot of people walking around in this this earth, like not even – thinking about what is my legacy what, when when this is all over what is my contribution to this this world and you know i i can take uh my grandmother, she told me something, and it's always stuck with me, and I say it all the time. You know, she, she implanted that seed into me at a, at a young age. You know, Lana, when they put you six feet under, this world should be a better place because you were here. So I've always been in that mindset of, you know, there's something I'm here to do. But I think there's a lot of people who just are existing that don't even understand this concept of, you know, legacy. Um, how do you... How do we get people to understand, like, it's so important that you, you are here for something? I, you know, you've really hit on a key point. <laughs> that whole business of, of sort of slogging through life, you know, getting yes. up and just doing the, whatever you have to do to, to survive and get through until the weekend. You know, so many people are in that mindset. And they go to work and they come home and do dinner and take care of the kids and plop down in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. And then they go to sleep and they get up and they start all over again. And the whole idea of a legacy is is more, well, am I going to have enough to retire on kind of thing instead of yes. how am I leaving the world a better place. And that kind of leads me to something that I've, I've um, been working on for several months now and getting ready to launch it in the new year. And, and I'm calling it the Make Your Life Count movement. And basically it's, it's just, it's going to be one of the things, one of my key uh, talking points as I go out and speak to colleges and other places, that everybody has the opportunity to make their lives count, to, to leave uh, a lasting positive legacy. But it takes work. Yes. And not everybody is willing to put in the work to do it. And I think that this, the sad thing is that as people grow older, they begin to feel that it's too late. I should have done that sooner. It's too late. I can't do anything about it now. And I don't really believe that that's true. I don't think it's ever too late to leave some sort of a positive legacy. But um, I, I know several older ladies, uh, and there's actually one lady in my own family who um, has that mindset that, oh, you know what, <sighs> what's the use? It's, you know, I can't, I, I, it's just too late. And it isn't, but when you internalize that, it's what, uh, what's the use, or I don't have enough time left, or I don't have enough skill, or I'm not enough whatever I'm not enough about. It's very, very tough to break out of that uh, prison that you put yourself in. And mm-hmm. so one of the, the big pieces of my uh, upcoming year is going to be to try to shift people from that default mode uh, of living to a design mode so that they can have some sort of legacy because we all, you know what, we're all going to, even a, the smallest act can have a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And um, some, sometimes people think, well, you know, this one little thing that I can do, it doesn't really count because it's not very big. You know, I'm not discovering a cure for cancer or, you know, finding new water sources or whatever it happens to mm-hmm. be. But even the smallest acts 
do have a ripple effect, and, and you can design that into your life, even if you feel like, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm 98 years old, and I still, you know, I'm, I'm ready to die in a, in a year or two, and there's not enough time left. Even those small acts can be your legacy. Yes. You know, I had, um, I saw a picture, I think, on my Facebook uh, news feed uh, a week ago, and it was a, a picture of a older gentleman, and he was bending over to show a teenage how to tie his tie for an mm. interview. And I was thinking to myself, that will have such a lasting impact on that young man as he grows and he, and he uh, develops his interview skills for business. And he's going to get a place in life where, you know what, I know I'm the businessman that, that I am now, and it all started with this one person taking the time to show me a valuable skill as to how to tie my tie so I look pre- presentable for this interview. And people don't understand – it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be a big thing. You know, sometimes the things that you do, small things that you do, have such a lasting impact on a larger population that you're not even aware of, of the little small nuggets that you're contributing to to this universe. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing that I, I hope that we uh, all realize as human beings that we have some role to play in the totality of the situation. Uh, Bonnie, we're going to take the very last commercial break of the day, and okay. we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Hanging out with the author of the book, The Power of Three, How to Be Happy and Get What You Want in Life, uh, Miss Bonnie Pond. And uh, Bonnie, I want to talk about some of the projects or programs that you offer uh, to people uh, in case they want to kind of connect with you. That uh, You are the founder of Relaunch Your Life. What What is that program all about? Well, Relaunch Your Life, um, it was a program, when I first started Relaunch Your Life, it was all about working with women who were over 40 who were bored with their jobs or felt stuck or they just knew that there needed to be something else and they wanted to either start a little sideline business or eventually create their own business so that they were self-employed. They wanted to get out of the job box. And um, I worked with a lot of women um, around those issues, and you know, they would, they would say, "Okay, Bonnie, these are the things I'm really passionately interested in." And oftentimes, there were ten or fifteen things, and we would come up with, "All right, here's," a, and I could come up with a, a brainstorm list of probably fifty to seventy-five ideas that were actually ideas that weren't pie in the sky. You know, things that I had done mm-hmm. the research on, and, and say, "Okay, well, let's narrow this down then to what's going to fit best for your life right now," and then work through with the accountability piece. You know, let's let's kind of plan this out and let's make sure that you're on the right track. And what happened over a period of a couple, three years was I, it, it sort of dawned on me that although women were saying to me, I want my own business or I want a new business or I want a new job, what the underlying message was and what was really going on was I want a new life. Mm-hmm. Mm. Not just, it wasn't the job. The job was the tip of the iceberg. And so it kind of morphed into relaunch became more of a, instead of just a career coaching uh, sort of situation, it became more of a, a life and accountability piece. And um, that, that kind of morphed again into more of um, a specific accountability kind of thing. People can come to me and, and say, okay, here's what I'm really stuck on. Mm-hmm. And I need some help. I need I need to get past suck, and I don't know how. And the the accountability piece is, um, let's say that you come to me and and we work. We say, well, all right, today we've decided we're going to work together for ninety days, but we can't we can't fix twenty five things in ninety days. So pick the one thing that you really really want to move ahead with, and then we work together. And it's a it's a process. But it, I become the Bahuda kicker essentially, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is a process of you know phone conversations, um, emails, uh, assignments, homework assignments, that kind of thing, and a, a weekly checklist, and, and so it's a way of moving from stuck on this one point to in three months. Here's where I am, and I've moved ahead. I've either finished this project, or I'm well on my way to finishing it. 
Um, and a lot of times what happens as people go through an accountability process like that is they begin to learn how to apply accountability to other parts of their lives. And so it's it's almost, it's not just uh, working on one particular thing, but it's also a teaching modality. You know, this is how you can do this in other areas of your life, and you don't have to hire somebody to help you with it all the time. So my goal is really to not only get people from stuck to where they want to be, but to also give them the tools that they need so that they don't have to keep coming back and saying, okay, I'm stuck here now because I, I don't want to be the rescuer. Um, I want I want people to to have the tools to now that's not to say that they're never going to need an accountability coach or accountability team ever again. I think we most most of our lives we do need that, but I think it's for me it's very important to not only help people get from point A to point B, but to give them tools that they can apply on a daily basis without me there holding their hand. Gotcha, and I, I like that you. The way you approach it is, okay, we're going to sit down. I'm going to give you work to do. You're going to have to put in work. Because I think sometimes people want to just plop themselves in somebody's office and say, okay, you just tell me what to do and I'm going to do it and then life is going to be wonderful. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You've got work to do. You've got homework to do. And then after that, you've got some more work to do and you've got some yes. more. This is all you and whatever. I'm here to kind of, like you said, kick people in the butt, but no, I'm not just going to, you know, give it to you on a platter and, you know, you, you've got to put some effort in here. And, you know, I, I, I like that. Um, I guess it's part of the accountability process. You know. Well, you know, it really is. And um, it, it calls to mind one of my, my very first clients that we, we ended up working a lot on accountability because she she had this whole idea of, you know, I, I want to get out of my awful job and I want to have this business. And we worked through all of that. And she still wasn't doing anything. And, uh, you know, we'd talk every week and I'd send her daily emails and encouragement and assignments and all of this. <laughs> and nothing was happening. I mean, she was still just sort of spinning her wheels. And finally, I, I had a, a sort of heart-to-heart where she was a little teary even. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I said, what, what is this? And she said, well, mm-hmm. I thought in three weeks you'd fix it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go back to step one here. There you go. There you go. She just wanted to come into the office and like, look, Bonnie's just going to take care of everything and then I'm going to walk away from this 90 days and be wonderful, right? Yeah, everything's going to be great and, you know, uh, I don't really have to do the work because you're going to do it for me. No, dear. No, dear. Reality check doesn't work that way. (laughs) No, and yet there are so many people that I've run across that, quite honestly, that's what they want. And so um, I have to say that I'm I'm very... um, picky now about who I work yes. with, uh, and and I do uh, have a whole process of uh, let's see if we're a good fit for working together, because if uh, a woman isn't willing to put in time and, and do the work on herself and for herself, I can't do it. Yes. You can't do it. Nobody can do it for her, mm-hmm. but um, there's a lot of disappointment that can happen if people come into a, a coaching or accountability situation thinking that somebody else is going to do all this hard stuff for them, and it doesn't happen. So, Not at all. Not yeah. at all. Now, real quick, uh, um, I'm looking at the time here. What is the Divas Who Dare program workshop? What's that one about? Uh, that one's kind of a fun one, and that one is just to um, – it's, it's a one-day or a half-day uh, workshop, and it involves a lot of uh, self-expression and doing – Crazy, silly things sometimes. Uh, some, <laughs> you know, themed uh, diva who divas who dare days. Um, it's we we do the um, collaborative art, which is kind of fun. Set up the easels, and you start on one place, and the music is playing. And sometimes we have a little wine and snackies and all of that. Okay. And then you move to the next piece of art, and you add your own, and you move to the next one, and you add your own. And so by the end of an hour or so, there might be eight pieces of art that are collaborative. Okay. And they're really fun. Uh, and it, it also, uh, you know, it could be around a, a theme like what's your, what's something that you've always wanted to do to be adventurous? And we do some planning around how are you going to make that happen? And okay. sometimes it's just let's get out there and have fun. You know, it's bring out your inner child kind of thing. 
Okay, and, I like uh, that. So are these are large groups or small groups? Or? Small groups, usually. Um, a maximum of eight. Okay. Um, I think that works the best because, particularly if you have people who don't all know each other. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's really a lot of fun when it's say eight friends who come or six friends who come and they know each other. But sometimes it works really well if you have a couple of groups of four who really haven't met each other before, but they kind of bond uh, by the end of the day. Especially when you're doing really silly, fun little things. Um, I live in the country. We have the creek and the woods, and we go down and we we do some kid stuff and. You know, find little rocks to skip and all kinds of things. Oh, that, that sounds maybe adorable. Nobody's done in years, you know. Oh, that sounds adorable. Cool, it's too cool. Now, um, let me see here. Uh, one more thing I want to make sure I get out to the audience. Um, you have your own radio show, so tell me real quick, how do people catch you? What day and how do they connect with you for the radio show? Okay, I'm, I've taken a short hiatus. I will be relaunching my radio show in mid-January, and it's called Make Your Life Count Radio, and it's uh, Blog Talk Radio. It'll be on Mondays at 10 o'clock, and it's a very short program. It's 15 minutes of inspiration, motivation, um, uh, tips, strategies. <laughs> I interview people who, you know, it's like, give me three ways that you're making your life count, or give me one thing that you've run across in this week that you saw somebody doing something like this um, older man that was helping the young man with his tie. All of these are make your life count pieces that we overlook sometimes. And so the purpose of of, uh, Make Your Life Count Radio is to bring into focus that even the smallest acts can have a ripple effect and that we all can can have a purpose. We can all do things that make um, our lives more uh, rich that make us love our lives instead of just slogging through them. And we can all leave a legacy of some sort that says, you know what, because I was here, it mattered. Awesome. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, everybody needs to go out today, today, today at this very moment and pick up a copy of The Power of Three, How to Be Happy and Get What You Want in Life Without Doing Anything Illegal, Immoral, or Unethical. And Bonnie, that is uh, Amazon is a good way to get that? Amazon is the good way to get it. And um, it's on uh, Amazon and paperback or ebook form. Awesome, awesome. My guest today has been Bonnie Pond. Please visit her website, bonniepond.com. That's B-O-N-N-I-E, pond.com. Bonnie, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I had a very good time. Thank you. Oh, it was wonderful, Lana. I really appreciate it. It was great fun. And I have um, best wishes for you and your audience for a wonderful holiday season and a spectacular, extraordinary new year. You too, tenfold. That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There is always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I'll see you all next week.